Good morning everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the RDA Central West Business Leaders Breakfast and I'm really excited that you're able to join us today. In the hot seat we have Tamara James, the uh, founder and workforce specialist at Pulse HR. Tamara, welcome to breakfast. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. No, fantastic to have you here this morning. And I'm really, as I said, I'm really excited because I think today we're going to touch on some fantastic topics that are going to provide some real support and uh, some insights, mm. I guess, not only into your journey into to the Central West and Pulse HR, but also provide some great insights for local businesses. So as I said, uh, Tamara, you're well known as the founder of Pulse HR, but can you tell our viewers that are tuning in this morning maybe a little bit about, I guess, how Pulse HR started yeah. and your journey into the Central West. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so back in 2012, um, my husband and I arrived in the area predominantly looking um, for a farm. Um, it was between our families, um, Pete's based um, in Sydney and mine are out at Young. And um, it made a, a good dot on the map really, um, you know, economically, lifestyle wise, um, so many different facets I probably don't need to um, go into all the great reasons about why the Central West is... Um... We can cut it into a promo video. If oh, you, if you I know. So um, pretty much Pulse HR um, became... Um, it will, will come to life really because I was um, out of corporate HR. There wasn't lots of senior HR roles in the area um, back in the day. I had a good conversation at the time with Tim Berryman and um, yeah, pretty much that was the, the birthing of Pulse HR and I actually used LinkedIn, didn't really know a soul in the area and um, wrote to most general managers in the area at the time within a couple of hundred kilometres of, of Orange and said, this is what I do. I'm here in the area looking for project work and um, the rest is history, so they say. Uh, how has LinkedIn and social media platforms changed how you operate as a, as a HR business? Oh, massive. Um, certainly from information and, and content and staying present from a business perspective. Um, it, it's funny how, you know, eight years ago, I was that person reaching out, you know, asking, could I catch up, introduce myself, learn about your business? And now eight years on with, um, you know, the, the wave of people looking to decentralize and live here in the Central West that I'm getting those requests now. Could we catch up for coffee and, and meet and greet? And I think there's a real energy in that, that um, you can reach out to, to someone and um, you know connect on that platform, as well as being able to connect with job seekers and people that may be you know, interested in moving to the area or time for their next career step, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think LinkedIn has a great role to play that business-to-business -business connection, absolutely. and it cuts through with a bit less fluff than Facebook and stuff like that that's out there. In a normal period, mm. I know COVID has probably changed the kind of operating practices for the region, but what are some of the you know, normal HR challenges for the Central West and for local businesses that you interact with? Yeah, look, certainly without doubt um, would be skill shortages and then job readiness of candidates. So I think there's a real, um, you know, disconnect between availability um, of labour in, you know, those either trade roles or very specific roles and then you've got a whole group um, of people wanting to get their start in the market and if you look generationally you know over the last 10 15 20 years there's been a decline um, in the the roles that are really development roles you know businesses having that extra funds in the system to generate succession plans and growth roles um, which then is becomes the chicken or the egg you don't end up with all your trades or your really um, 
you, you know, the roles that need significant qualifications and time and investment. So we are in quite a conundrum. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've got plenty of, um, plenty of, I guess, opinion around, you know, really things that we could be influencing our um, ministers of parliament and things from the front line out here because it is such the chicken or the egg. You know, we need tradesmen and qualified people to be able to develop those ones coming up through the ranks, which is, you know, some of the things that are coming out of COVID now, like job trainer and, and the like, all good and well, but you can only have so many apprentices to, you know, the tradesmen that you've got. Yeah. No, it's, it's a very good point And I think it's something we could probably talk about at length. Absolutely. <laughs> I've still got a few more questions to go. Um, but I guess, so that's kind of the normal, some of the challenges, but COVID has thrown up a lot of unforeseen um, mm. barriers or things that businesses have had to work their way through. What have been some of the um, other HR considerations, I guess, that businesses have had to grapple with as a result of COVID? COVID, I think, is an era in time that my entire 20 years of um, HR life led up to this point. I was, um, I was really, you know, look, the day or the weeks and that when it first hit, where things were moving so rapidly, like on a day-to-day -day basis or within, you know, 24 hours, is that those considerations were literally things were rolling ahead of any structured black and white information being available um, for business owners mm. and in a time of crisis employees are looking to their leaders in the business and those leaders didn't have the answers purely because things were moving mm. you know so fast which we all we all get um, I think you know COVID also presented you know a very big um, you know opportunity in such a small window where people had to make some really significant decisions about their their business or their risk profiles and and the like and being able to do that at such speed mm. um, you know I've, I've never witnessed or experienced anything you know like that you know sure I've been through recessions and, and changing periods within workforces and restructuring etc but the period and that where it came and then the government you know after the fact continuing to roll out new measures that you know in hindsight within like a matter of seven or ten days would have um, you know would have changed the course of those decisions had we known that that was in but look we're in an uncharted set of um, territories so the the key thing that I've I continue to to harp on about um, is communication you know sit down and just be completely honest with what information is available and it is actually okay in your businesses to say I don't know but I'm going to keep you updated and I'm going to seek out advice and assistance and that type of thing because at least you are the captain of your ship and that's what they're looking for is calmness in a storm. So. Yeah, it's really good advice. I think what you've touched on there is probably good advice for all the managers tuning in today, this morning yeah. is your staff are just looking for some direction and some advice and some guidance and if you can be the frank and open with them, Absolutely. I think that's, um, that's vital. And I guess probably dovetails into the next question nicely. Um, at the end of the, the last quarter, September 30, some of those um, stimulus measures mm. were starting to wind back. Yeah. And I guess that probably uh, is the next phase of, of COVID and, and for businesses. Uh, what advice have you got for businesses or what considerations should they be thinking about as they start working through this next period? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I don't think you should be making decisions purely based on the government's giving us 50% rebate for a certain period of time or racing off and may, you know, these are short term stimulus measures. I actually think my advice, um, you know, to business owners out there is to, to try and get that breathing space 
to do some you know strategic review of things have you got the right roles and the right structure and you know review your work um, workflows looking at ways that you can streamline your cost of goods um, you know all of those types of things like back to you know a, a strategy on a page or just reviewing about you know in the big picture where are you headed and, and eat the elephant with a teaspoon I think it's I think it's, it's a good probably... one I might use that one later <laughs> um, you know I, I don't think that it's actually um, a long-term sensible set of decisions to go I can get an apprentice paid 50% of their wages for a period of time because have you got the ability yeah. to then to support them for the whole four years and mm. have you got the tradesman and then where is the business heading you know where are you at at this point in time so you know just taking the time to even get out of your own offices or workplace mm. go and find somewhere to think and, and digest and reflect on where we've come from over the last six months and then how do those incentive measures work into and and add advantage to whatever decisions you need to to make or to know that they are going to be used as a really clear opportunity and advantage which is all perfectly you know perfectly a good choice but don't make it purely based on you know your job trainers or your short-term cash injections because you're going to then need to have tricky conversations mm. or 12 months you're just kicking it down the camp kicking it down the road for 18 months it's probably really good advice and probably in uncertain times like this businesses are feeling under pressure mm. and um, are facing challenges and they probably the last thing they think about doing is taking a step back and being strategic but it's probably more important now than than, yeah. than ever before and I guess from your perspective from a Pulse HR business perspective mm. you guys have been facing your own challenges like every business has mm. but what have you learnt about how your business operates or how you operate personally as a leader um, during this challenging time? Yeah look it's um it's certainly been such a great period to reflect and everything that I preach um, you know to really put into to action um, you know I would absolutely suggest that you know there is a large percentage of our business leaders out there that are suffering fatigue mm. you know they've been holding the line now for six months yeah. and they honestly um, need to look after to number one you know the the ship needs their captain and it's going to need their captain um, for many months and years to come so you know not feeling overwhelmed and and knowing that decisions need to be made and not putting them off is that you know you probably do need to reach out and get um, you know some people around you you know whether it's booking that meeting you know with an accountant or mentors mm. you know there's a lot of us that have great you know networks and that type of thing and it's actually okay to be vulnerable can we catch up for coffee I've really got some big decisions and to debrief with someone that you feel you know comfortable with we've got a huge amount of just like anywhere in Australia families that are running businesses so you you're dealing with being in the business during the day and then you know not getting any time to, to turn off and and you know everything that comes into that at some point there's got to be you know time to you know time to turn off but also booking time to go you know what I've got to leave the office for two hours today and we're going to work on you know working through some of those decisions and conversations really yeah no that's actually really good advice and it's probably been uh, amplified a little bit because people have been working from home oh, and especially absolutely. when you're a business I think that's really good advice for those businesses that uh, kind of family-run businesses you kind of you live and breathe it yeah and uh, I know exactly what you're talking about there it's probably a nice way to start our fast five it's where we change pace and change tack to learn a little <laughs> bit more about our, uh, our special guests because you touched on mentors 
And mm. I've always subscribed to the, to the view that you need to have three good mentors, someone once told me, because if you have three mentors from three different walks of life, you get kind of a well-balanced viewpoint. Um, and it's probably my first Fast Five, best piece of advice you've had from a previous mentor. Well, it's funny because I've actually already spoken about it, is um, something that really resonated with me probably around 14 years ago. I was actually um, on, a, on a leadership development program, Australian Rural Leaders, another oh, plug. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, Matt, with Matt Linegar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I will put the link up actually for the Australian Rural Leadership Foundation. It is actually a cracker of a program. Yeah. It's run by Matt Linegar, he's the CEO there, but we'll put the link up after this morning's chat. Yeah, it was... Um, it was a life-changing course um, for me and I do actually remember, um, you know, I'm obviously someone that's quite focused, quite driven and um, there was a mentor in the Kimberley that um, his, his feedback to me was, you know what, your biggest issue is you actually just need to slow down and smell the roses, you know, that you're so strategic or worrying about what's not meeting expectations and, you know, that push of performance within the team and that type of thing is like, you know, it's actually perfectly okay and it's actually really sensible to take time and smell mm -hmm. the roses. And, you know, that I, I hope that, you know, just even reflection over a coffee with some business leaders or, or the like around the Central West is that, you know, what has been achieved or, you know, there's been so many good positive things that if we do dig deep, we can find out of COVID. You know, there's been some amazing stories um, of positive change as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been trying to showcase a few of those over the last recent yeah. months through the Business Leaders Breakfast. Best local event or festival? Oh, Food Week. Is there anything, <laughs> is there anything better? You know, what a great way to showcase this region yeah, on so absolutely. many levels. Absolutely. Uh, three dream dinner guests. So if you could just have three. Really good question. Um, and, and, and maybe just we'll run through those. I might give you a couple too. <laughs> well, I would like to say any uh, boss mums out there, I think um, getting out and, and, and engaging when we're often so busy with juggling family and business. So anyone, um, any of the mums out there, but I actually think I was um, reflecting over this and, um, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of people will go to such and such celebrity or, or business inspiration. I'd actually like to sit down with the Eastern Seaboard Premiers, all three of them, yeah. like, let's get this sorted out, folks. <laughs> um, so they're my three current dinner guests. Well, I think that'd be an interesting conversation, well <laughs> yeah. and truly, well and truly. Uh, hidden gem of the Central West. So this could be a person, a place, an event, a venue, a location. Oh, I struggled with this. There is so many, um, you know, unfortunate um, you know, to be able to visit and engage in the food and wine industry so much. But um, really, um, a really nice little plug from my family point of view is Pioneer Brewing. <laughs> well, we'll get to that a little bit later. We will get to that one a little so bit later. So, Gem of the West. Yeah, nice yeah, little cross beer. promo, like that. Um, Boronoir Caves for me, I've said it a couple of times yeah. before. I reckon it's one of those places that if you haven't been to, but if you've got visitors coming to Orange in the Central West, just down the road, check it out, and it's actually a nice little little gem there. Uh, what are you currently reading, watching, or listening to? So yeah, um, spend a large amount of my life um, keeping up to date on business type stuff and reading resumes. But I think one of the personal things that I've been really satisfied with out of COVID is. Um, getting time with my kids and 
not feeling that pressure to head out and do something and actually really getting back to good wholesome engagement of things back from my childhood. So watching um, my seven-year-old and I have just watched Anne with an E and um, we've rebonded with Anne of Green Gables and I felt very satisfied from, um, you know, connecting that history of my upbringing. Yeah, so, nice. yeah. Oh, fantastic. So look, you, you, you touched on usually read resumes and, yeah. uh, and CVs and that's probably a nice little way for me to just jump across to the next question. A lot of workers will probably be looking, um, looking at those next phase of their career or opportunities for them going forward. But mm. if, if there is a, you know, a worker out here looking to make a move, what are some tips that you've got about making your CV, I guess, jump out from the crowd? Yeah, look, I think um, the number one key goal with constructing a CV is making sure that you're actually answering more questions than you're creating for the person that's reading it. Because business owners are generally time poor, um, needing to really go and dig deep to understand why is this person applying for this role I don't understand the connection or I don't understand um, you know are they relocating to the area like if you think about making sure that you've got a really strong cover letter or paragraph of intent mm -hmm. um, of why you are applying for that job so the, the person at the other end can really understand that you've taken the time and you're putting your best foot forward because other than that you have about 10 seconds to get to that pile of maybes and then yep. further shortlisting etc and if there is just unknown and it's going to have to take emails and phone calls to say I've got five questions that your CV is not answering that's the goal that you need to start out with is make sure that whoever's on the other end you're answering as many questions as they could possibly have. Yeah, I think that's really good advice, especially in your cover letter. Make it just short and sharp yeah. and direct and answering the questions that might be any, I guess, any job description or, or position description. I think that's really yeah. good advice. So I guess that kind of leads into the next part of the, fa uh, the next phase in that process. Mm. You've put in your CV, you've done your cover letter, you're pretty happy with yourself. But sometimes the thing that gets most overwhelming for people is the interview. Mm. And so you've been, you've got the call from, from a business saying, come in tomorrow, we would like to interview you. What kind of tips have you got for um, potential um, workers that might have got to the interview and are feeling a little overwhelmed or anxious? Yeah, I think just have really good intent. Um, you know, you need to be able to um, build trust. You know, that that's the key route you know, outcome for you to be successful is that that business owner can trust that you're going to come in and be able to complete the roles and responsibilities and that you will also be good for the business from a team level, um, that it fits, that there's a win-win. So what you're looking for um, and the business is looking for. Um, so I think it's just around being really concise with what what you're looking for, what you can bring and add and being able to talk, you know, through that. And if, you know, there's, I would encourage people that there is a lot more employers out there that are hiring on attitude um, and that, in, you know, personal intent over the longest list of qualifications and, and history. And I think that's what's really important is that you actually can jump forward in your career or potentially achieve roles that might not be your standard stepping stone but if you can really convince that interviewee that you've got that fire in your belly you know I think there's such a win on attitude. I, I think that is very very good advice and I attended a business forum in uh, Condoblin of all places last year or the year before and they had Tom I can't think of his last name from Beechworth Bakery mm -hmm. and he started Beechworth Bakery and he said you employ for will train for skill 
And I think that's really sound advice that if your people have appetite for it, Absolutely. Um, you, can, you can put the framework around them to support them on that journey. So I thought that was, um, that was really good advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you touched on Pioneer Brewing just before. Yeah. And I know that's a, a business that Pete and yourself have started. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what led you to Pioneer Brewing? And yeah. what led you down this pathway for those that may not have known that was another one of the hats that you wore <laughs> in the background um so we started pioneer brewing in late 2017 um pete was initially in the resources sector when we got to um the orange area and um as much as i'm um, encouraging everyone to go out and, and work on their strategy on a page it was literally around you need to figure out what you're going to do for the next 30 odd years and, and come home we have small children and um, hence um, out of that kind of conversation um, I guess due diligence and investigation I think it's about finding your passion mm. it's no different to starting a business to going for a job interview you know ultimately if you've got that fire in your belly over something you know, there's such a law of probability of success um, to start with that. So hence, um, Pioneer Brewing was born. What was the biggest challenge you faced setting up Pioneer Brewing? Um, convincing um, financiers with no contracted forward sales um, to loan us a large amount of money. Um, and, you know, I think there would be many business owners out there that if you put to bed your ideas every time you got a no um, is that you know we would all not be progressing and um, and and you know growing as an area and I think that's the big thing is just because you get a no um, doesn't mean that you you don't take another route or avenue and and convince the the right people to support your idea and 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 look now um, you know we're three years in and, and growing quite Trends substantially yeah. yeah one other quick question um, you focused or interacted with a lot of businesses through mm. Pulse HR, but what did you learn about starting a small business that you hadn't thought about or didn't know about when you set up your own business? Yeah, good question. Um, I think that at times my reflection on our whole journey of starting up an advanced manufacturing business on farm in the middle of a drought um, is that at times looking back is that you know, the best thing was if you had the framework and the structure, it can be paralyzing if you're waiting for a perfect situation. Um, you know, I think most entrepreneurs um, and business owners, you know, need to actually operate in a little bit of comfort that as long as you've done your due diligence as best as possible, a start, a rough start is better than no start and, and fine tuning it because I think there is so many opportunities to be missed by being in that, you know, paralyzed state. So um, yeah, there would be, that would be my tip is that it is actually making sure that you can fundamentally cope with that decision, but holding a level of risk to keep moving forward. Yeah, look, you've led me to two comments. One was from Craig Murphy, who's the, uh, the tech guy who has been a previous guest. He said at a forum that I spoke at a couple of weeks ago that uh, if you've in an entrepreneur, if you're 60% of the way there, it's better to launch it then and make the learnings as you go than try to wait and get your business idea or your, your concept 100% there because mm. you might miss your window. And that's kind of so true for, for mm. business. Um, and you've talked about, I guess, with Pioneer Brewing, um, how it's, a, I guess, a paddock to can mm. um, journey. From your um, experience, how is having that point of difference and a good business narrative why is that important for a small business 
Look, I think there's such a movement um, by consumers wanting to know where um, their products coming from, that providence. Mm. Um, so certainly for us, it was it was always about quality and control of that process. Um, you know, Pete literally sows the grain in, in the ground and then, you know, personal satisfaction of taking that whole process through and then, you know, to come into venues in town or further afield and see your product um, being poured into glasses and, and enjoyed, you know, there's a real personal satisfaction, you know, in that as much as it's our work and our, our chosen path and that kind of thing. Um, and I think too that the other thing that we've, you can't put a, you know, you don't put a dollar value on these things is the community engagement, you know, that um, interaction, you know, there has been such a downgrade of the village, um, you know, from just over, you know, the last 20 or 30 years and that type of thing is that, you know, people want to buy into something that, you know, they feel passionate about themselves and whether that's farming and agriculture or being in business and that type of thing, I think, you know, that's something that Pete and I really value and enjoy is the people that we've met mm. that are also looking for their tribe and their village, etc. And, um, you know, that's, that's sort of priceless, I think. And the Central West is just such a booming, you know, under undercurrent of good energy. Um, you know, I think that's just what's really exciting for this area. Like we are, we have not blossomed yet out here. I feel like it's really going forward in leaps and bounds at yeah. the moment. And there's a the trajectory, I think, for a lot of businesses, especially in that um, food and beverage manufacturing, I think has got a really positive future. And I guess that's a nice segue and it's a nice way for a cross promo for RDA Central West because it is business uh, breakfast TV and it's always full of cross promos. But we've got our uh, backing business forum on November the 20th here in Orange. And tomorrow you're going to be one of the, the keynote speakers as is uh, Pete talking not only about Pulse HR and HR considerations, but Pioneer Brewing. Um, why is it important that as a community and as a region, we support um, the broader business community as we continue to work through this challenging period. Oh, look, absolutely. Like there is no rule book out there for what we're facing at the moment. And I think the opportunity to, to get together, you know, touches on a, a few things that I'm really passionate about is connectivity with people, you know, whether you have or haven't got a current mentor and that is that we're all actually in this, um, in this time together and you know as a rising tide all boats float and so to come out and um, you know get back together um, from a, a village or tribe perspective on the 15th of November I think you know that's really powerful and you know you never know what tidbits that you'll take away for the day or what new connection that you have with someone in our business community there's so many new people um, you know coming and going and that I, I just don't think that um, it would be very hard I feel that anyone to leave um, you know, the day without taking something away from that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's about upskilling, I guess, the, the, the business community. And if they can get yeah. some good advice and make those connections, it'll be absolutely fantastic. So look, Tamara, thank you so much for your time this morning. We've covered some fantastic topics and I hope that the, uh, the viewers this morning and those listening in on the podcast have got some good tips that they can implement into their own business. But if, um, if viewers are wanting, to, are wanting to engage, I guess, with Pioneer Brewing to learn more about the story there, or with Pulse HR, what's the easiest way they can do that? Oh, absolutely, jumping on the websites, um, you'll have all the information, socials, LinkedIn, <laughs> um, any of those types of um, avenues you'll find us. Okay, well look, we'll put up the uh, the social media link, um, social media mm. handles rather for uh, Pulse HR and for Pioneer Brewing after this morning's chat. 
But Tamara, thank you so much for your time. It's been thank fantastic you. to have you here as our guest this morning. But I hope everyone else has a fantastic day and a great weekend. Tune in same time next week when I sit down with the persuader, Steve Simmons. But until then, um, have a great day. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks so much. That was fantastic.